0: let's kick things off with the obligatory ego stroking message roll call
1: hey Spencer Frank T from Frank T's liner notes just catching up on your podcasts and I gotta say I'm a fan I can't imagine how much time you spend in post-production because the editing is great your sense of comedy I love it and uh you know I'd have to say it's almost like it's the anti RPG podcast. And that is refreshing. You know, when you mentioned the review of the PIP system in your latest episode, I was almost ready for you never to mention the PIP system. And it just had me laughing to myself because I thought this would be perfect. Mention that you're going to do a review of something and then talk about something else. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to more.
0: Oh, Frank! I wish I'd thought of that. That's uh, <laughs> that would have been a great idea. Uh, yeah, I was chuckling away <laughs> to your message. Thanks for getting in touch. I mean, I've, I'm I'm listening to your stuff. I've I've got a bit of a backlog. Uh, I mean, your podcasts are so dense. I mean, you know, they're so rich. Um, yeah, dense is probably the wrong word. <laughs> um, uh, yeah there's so much there um, and uh, I guess yeah there's room for a podcast that hasn't got quite so much useful content in and uh, yeah if people need to goof off now and again I'm uh, you know that's what I'm here for anyway take care thanks for getting in touch and uh, I'll have to catch up with yours
2: Thank you for the shout out and the nice words. I'm glad that you're enjoying the anchor. It's the anchor. It's like the Facebook, the MeWe, the YouTube, the anchor. It's Just anchor. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It is a lot of fun. So keep doing it. Keep podcasting. Whisk out. Hi, Spencer. How you doing, mate? I uh, was listening to Live from Pelham's Waste and you called into Ireland about the PIP system. I picked that up about a year ago. I think it's a very interesting little game. I think I mentioned it in passing on an episode of Spike Pit, probably around October, November last year. And Arfed was experimenting with it a little bit. He changed it about and did like a kind of a quantum leap type of idea with it. But it's one of those sort of generic systems that I I like the ideas... But I never quite know what to do with them. But you could build some super cool characters with, with, with the uh, stuff in the book there, the ideas. Um, and that appeals to me. Eloy LaSanta's the designer, and I look forward to hearing what you've got to say, mate. Very cool indeed. Take care.
1: Oh, my goodness, Spencer. Your daughter is so adorable. What a wonderful treat hearing her cute little voice. You know, these are the salad days, man. My little granddaughter just recently turned six, and you know, I don't know about there, but in America, that is the age where they start going to school and they stop being sweet and cute for the most part. I adore her, don't get me wrong, she is sweet and cute a lot of the time, but more and more and more, angst is creeping into the picture. So anyway, Thank you for sharing your adorable daughter. And a wonderful episode.
0: I hear what you're saying, Lauren. Um but uh whew, they weren't kidding about those terrible twos, were they? It really is a world of extremes. Um but as challenging as it can be, you just can't beat the sheer joy of it. Uh yeah.
1: Spencer, Evil Jeff, Municiam Musings. Thank you for your timely podcast on the pip system. I've had a an idea running around my head of a game trying to create some weird mechanics that I've come across that I would like to implement. And that pip system sounds like it has enough in it to be modified to do what I want it to do. Um, so thanks for the timely review of it I'm going to go check it out and see what's what on it and hopefully it uh, does what I want it to do thanks
0: a lot Hey Evil Jeff uh, yeah glad you found something of interest there like I say it's a very simple system um, it's very easy to see what you know uh, what all the elements are doing and how it scales and uh, yeah, yeah. I um, uh, hope it um, goes some way to helping you uh, achieve what you want. Okay, take care.
1: Hey, it's Froth. I'm listening to your uh, top five movies. uh oh, Chinatown. Ah, oh, masterpiece. Never gets old. So well done. And then I just love even like Polanski's little bit rolling. Oh, hey, nosy fella, little kitty cat, huh? You know what happens to little nosy kitty cats <laughs> uh, But, yeah, the ending, uh, the whole thing, so great. You know, I just recently watched, uh, it was on streaming, The Two Jakes, where Nicholson tried to direct a, a sequel. Oh, man. It wasn't even that it's horrible, it's bad, but it's not so horrible, but just trying to make a sequel to that. No, anyway, enjoyed it See ya
0: hey froth uh great to hear from you um yeah, the two jakes uh like you say it's n it's not terrible, but it just it pals in comparison and it's just not necessary at all uh yeah, yeah, which is a shame um but uh very pleased to hear that I qualify as a legendary anchor right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, uh, loving your your show, uh, especially the, the hump day bloggerama. Man, you just so much packed into that. That uh, Well, that keeps me busy for the rest of the day. <laughs> Take care.
1: Hey, Spencer, Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor. You have me intrigued on the PIP system. Uh, I think I've heard about it before. I've never played it though, uh dice pools. It reminds me of the old tunnels and trolls games cuz they used to use dice pools for that but I don't I'm not really sure if it's used in the same way. I'd have to take a look at it and read it. But uh yeah, it's you've got my interest. It sounds pretty cool, so I'll be interested to hear more about it.
0: Hi hey, Tim. Uh yeah. Um it uh it was something that caught my attention when it came out, but it didn't seem to catch anybody else is although having said that i think uh colin uh, has mentioned it in the past um uh, but uh yeah it's a very simple system and uh you, you know you might find something interesting there uh, the way it's laid out i it seems quite reminiscent of fate but it's written in a very kind of simple uh straightforward language unlike fate which uses uh a lot of ter- terminology that uh, is quite confusing, to be honest. But anyway, um, yeah, glad it's of interest to you, and it's nice to be able to uh, provide a little uh, content that's uh, stirring up some responses. Take care. Hello. My name's Spencer, a.k.a. Thrall, and you're listening to Keep Off the Borderlands, a podcast about not playing RPGs. Episode 6. What do you make of the Southern Reach Trilogy? Just a little heads up on what you're about to hear. Uh, this is kind of a ramble with uh, minimal editing. I hope there's some kind of coherence coming across in what I'm talking about but failing that if nothing else perhaps serves as an insight into my pinball brain. You have been warned. I wanted to talk about something I'm working on. Um, well I say working on I haven't actually looked at it in well over a month. And it's something I started messing around with. Well, it ties in with uh, Ray Otis's episode of Plundergrounds uh, about prototyping. But it also goes back to before an episode he did about Roadside Picnic and using that as a setting for running into the odd, which is a great episode. Which, uh, yeah, I urge you to check out if you've got any interest in either of those things. And yes, I was working on, I was kind of putting this thing together before then. Um, I'd just finished reading the uh, Southern Reach trilogy and it really struck me as a great setting. It's, it's essentially about exploration, which is, the thing that interests me most. And not not just exploration of an environment, but exploration of character and how they you know, respond. Actually Ray mentioned the film Annihilation when he was talking about Roadside Picnic. Roadside Picnic, if you're not aware, is a, a Russian novel written in the seventies, maybe. Earlier than that possibly. Uh, it was made into a film called Stalker, which is an interesting film, but quite different from the book. They're both great in their own respects. But essentially, Roadside Picnic is about, um, well, it's set in the aftermath of aliens uh, arriving on Earth and then disappearing, folks being left, none the wiser as to why they were here what they were doing but what they left behind were these bits of strange technology sort of littered around the place I mean the title Roadside Picnic comes from the fact that you know that it comes from a theory that's posed in the book that the aliens just were just stopping on earth momentarily as they were travelling to somewhere else and what they left behind was simply kind of waste that they didn't want to take with them so there were lots of these kind of curious items left around where nobody really understands what they do also the aliens kind of left these anomalous areas in their wake kind of permanently changed the environment this that which has all kind of strange effects on the people who live around there, and there's um, actually there's a stalker RPG book, which, you, regardless of whether you're interested in the system, is a great resource for um, you know for any game you might be running. Uh, if you're if you're interested in the setting at all. Uh, But yes, there are the parallels with uh, the Southern Reach trilogy. Um, The first book of which is Annihilation, which was made into a film, uh, which um, probably has a similar relation to the book as Stalker does to Roadside Picnic, in that they kind of take a sort of premise and do something different with it. Um, Annihilation... Uh, loosely follows the first book there are elements of the second book in there but uh, the events that happen in the film are uh, very different from the book Um, the book itself certainly the first book is all written from the perspective of one character and um, they're Basically trying to comprehend this weird alien environment. I say alien environment, it's set on Earth. And essentially something has happened. You don't really know what, uh, but something has created an area which has a kind of a barrier around it. And um, you can only enter into the area at certain Points. There's lots of strange things going on in there, not necessarily alien technology, but um, kind of environmental. The book's got a very kind of ecological, sort of environmental focus, and this area has kind of mutated, and there are all kinds of anomalous features within the area, I I don't want to say too much because uh, you you might want to read it (laughs) basically there's a kind of a shadowy organisation that is sending teams into the area, teams of soldiers, teams of scientists several expeditions have been into the area and they've it seems that they haven't really learned much about what's going on at all. Also, there's a suggestion that something from the area potentially has infiltrated the organisation and, um, and you really don't know what they're up to anyway. Um, but it struck me as, as perfect for an RPG what I liked about it is it kind of suggested an idea to me that would lend itself very well to a a one shot, but but would also be equally suitable as like a campaign starter. I want to say a bit bit more about the sort of the the book itself? It's it's full of ambiguities, and because it, it's written from the perspective of different protagonists first book follows one character the second book follows a different character the third book follows a handful of characters and everything's seen from their perspective and therefore everything's open to interpretation to a certain extent so you kind of piece together what's going on and uh it's just a very interesting approach to telling a story because ultimately you, and even though you end up knowing more than each of the individual characters, you're still very uncertain about what it all means. And uh, I can understand that that might frustrate some people. Also... There's kind of an ambiguity about what kind of genre you're reading about. There are elements in it which could be interpreted as fantasy. There's certainly sci-fi elements to it and horror as well. Um, It's kind of a mystery, but it never settles on one thing. And that's all part of the mystery but as for lending itself to the, an RPG setting, so I was thinking of it as kind of like a sort of a mini hex crawl. Get together a party, they get sent in, you know, they're given a task find your way to the centre of the area and find out, you know, what's causing the bizarre goings on and then come out again. My thinking about possibly turning it as a launching pad for a campaign is that you could have anything in there. I mean, it strikes me as an idea that's somewhat similar to uh, Jay Webster's idea of having a mega dungeon full of portals that could lead to almost anywhere. I mean, the centre of this thing could be a portal that leads to another world You make it more investigatory uh, as far as you know finding out what the organization's doing what their link is with what's going on are they responsible for what's going on you know it kind of throws up all these kind of weird questions and also i wanted to come up with some sort of way of creating doubt in the party i wanted to to come up with some kind of mechanism for, you know, what happens if somebody dies in the area. I want them to be able to re-enter the adventure as something from within the area itself, possibly. You know, there there are a lot of... Reading this book as well, has kind of led me to several other stories. I mean, I subsequently ended up reading Roadside Picnic thanks to uh, Ray's recommendation. But it also, uh, there's a short story by H.P. Lovecraft called The Colour Out of Space. And uh, another short story called The Willows by Algernon Blackwood, which was a really interesting story. In fact, both of those are um, available as audiobook podcasts. If anyone's interested in those. Um, Although you might want to. (laughs) You might want to. (laughs) Try a couple of different versions. Because uh, a few of those are. I just couldn't listen to them. Because of the way they were being read. But I did find. um, Yeah a couple of versions that were. Not too bad at all actually. So uh, yeah shop around. And they both tie into this. Idea of strange kind of thing happening possibly alien somewhat supernatural certainly viewed as supernatural by the people who are affected and um uh yeah i just like that also some kind of mechanic that randomizes the hexes to a certain extent while the characters are already on the adventure, you know. I mean, I was thinking about heading into the centre of this place and if they make it, they're instructed to head back the way they came, but the way they came is going to be very different from how they remember it. So I want to kind of have a random element to, you know, determining what's in the hexes and somehow have that change at certain points. <laughs> what I'm, I'm sitting here talking about it sounds really quite ambitious considering that um, it's my first sort of foray into really attempting to create anything that I think might be of use to others. But... Um, I've possibly said too much. And yes, I've heard about the idea of not talking about what you're working on uh, because you'll never finish it. But I felt that because I'm not actually doing anything with it at the moment, uh, this might actually spur me on to kind of you know, completing the thing. I was thinking about the possibility of g- giving the characters' kind of uh, ulterior motives as well, as well as them, you know, the actual mission itself, not being told what they're being sent into and not being fully briefed on what's going on. Give individuals additional motivations that might be in conflict with other people in the party. I'm possibly making this uh, very complicated, um, but I want to create something that just steeped in ambiguity, and possibly, possibly something to do with the fact that the first RPG I bought with the intention of running it was first edition Paranoia uh, when that came out. Uh, the that really appealed to my sense of humour. I never actually got to run it, but I had a lot of fun reading the book and I got a couple of the supplements which were equally entertaining. But um, yes, that whole idea of ulterior motives. I guess there's the element of paranoia-inducing element of the... I was thinking about the film The Thing, one of my favourite horror movies the actual the paranoia of that also and uh invasion of the body snatchers the film's a lot better than the, the story it's based on but there is a great story great little story by um uh, philip k dick i think called the hanging stranger which uh really quite enjoyed that not very long at all but um It's quite an early story of his, but, um, yeah, I I quite enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to create that kind of atmosphere of paranoia. And when I say the atmosphere of paranoia, I don't mean the kind of... I mean genuine paranoia, not the RPG. And, uh, yeah, as far as kind of putting this thing together, I was inspired by um, Nate Treem's great little game in the light of a ghost star which is a rules light with a hex crawl in just a handful of pages and uh, I just really love the way he's kind of put that together I suppose that was a sort of inspiration if I could pack all this stuff in to just a few pages it sounds like I've set myself an impossible task but what I wanted to do really I mean the idea is to create something that was more of a seed box than a sandbox, just with just full of suggestions for what could possibly be going on, and um, just have the GM kind of pick and choose the elements that they liked, or maybe even you know completely randomize it. Just a bunch of tables, really create the story out of that but uh yeah that's my idea and I bet you're thinking well good luck with that one (laughs) but uh you know keeps me off the streets now uh, I realize when listening back to that that I didn't really say much about the system I was using and not that it's um a major element because I think primarily I'm trying to put together something that's essentially system neutral. It started off as kind of a hack of Entity uh, Odd, but then I decided I'd try and do something with naive because I was really taken by that system and I do like the idea of rolling high, you know. I know it's arbitrary, but there you go. Um... So I wanted to introduce elements of fear, some fear mechanic, but I wanted to play with this sort of uh, fear and a kind of a, a false majeure reaction mechanic in the sense that we rarely, uh, quite often we don't know how we're going to react in certain extremely stressful situations until we're actually confronted with those situations. And sometimes we can be very surprised by our reaction. Sometimes you feel you kind of step up in a way that surprises you. And sometimes we feel that we weren't able to do the right thing. Or we did something that kind of maybe we're less than proud of. Um, And I kind of wanted to play with that a bit. As you gained experience, and your character developed more sort of mental fortitude, resilience, that their response to fear would be less extreme and less problematic, working on on the sort of uh, fight-flight-freeze model. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I wanted to add there. Uh, probably there was more than I wanted to add there but there, I've added it and now a word from our sponsor Pipe Dream here at Pipe Dream we endeavour to create a bespoke community tailored to your needs Pipe Dream we have a team of professionals working around the clock maintaining the kind of community that will meet your very own exacting standards. Pipe Dream We guarantee an environment in which you will not be offended. Pipe Dream You will not encounter triggering language. Pipe Dream And you will never be confronted with challenging opinions or ideas. So come and join us at Pipe Dream. We've got an empty room waiting just for you. Pipe Dream where inclusivity and separatism go hand in hand. We do not tolerate intolerance. Even cognitive dissonance could see you ejected from the program. In such circumstances, your fee is not refundable. Well, that's quite enough from me, I think. I really do appreciate your messages. If you want to get in touch, you can ask me absolutely anything. Whether I'll answer it or not is another thing entirely. But um, if you're not aware, there's a link in the description which will allow you to leave me a message on Anchor. You can always contact me by email if you prefer. spencer.freeforall at gmail.com Look forward to hearing from you.